Welcome in to the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It is time for the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, Tennessee, heads down to the hump. Starkville, Mississippi. Take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs tonight. Tennessee entering this game is only a one-and-a-half point favorite. Over-under not set too high at all, 138-and-a-half. Both teams 11-3. Tennessee 1-0 in conference play. Mississippi State 0-1 in conference play. Tennessee is still led in scoring by Dalton Connect, even though he's kind of been lackluster to say the least and not really impactful the past few games. And uh, you think this is going to go through Zakai Ziegler tonight, mainly. I think Zakai Ziegler is going to have a good game. And this is a game last year, I want to say it was against Mississippi State as well, in which he played, I want to say, 38. He might have even played you know, 40 he, minutes. Yeah, he played the full 40 I was gonna say, this morning. He played the full 40. He had a season high in points. I think he had 24. Well, I would hope he had 24 if he played the whole damn game. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. We'd take 10 and 15 or something from your point guard. Yeah, we'll, you take, we'll take that. We'll take that so, for sure. But, yeah. And Josiah Jordan-James leading the team in rebounding right now, averaging 7.1 per game. Now, when you look at Mississippi State, Josh Hubbard averaging 14.4 points per game. Jimmy Bell is the leading rebounder with 8.6. Now, when I look at this game initially, just off a of namesake and knowing what these two teams have done in recent years, you would look at this game and you'd say, well, Tennessee should probably be about, what, an 8.5 to a 9.5 point favorite. Yep. And I was kind of shocked to see the line at 1.5. That's going to be something we get into here after a while. Also, the Tennessee Titans, right after we went off the air yesterday, decided they were just going to go ahead and pull the plug. Mike Vrabel has been fired as the coach of the Tennessee Titans. And one of the things I want to do, and we'll go ahead and open up the phone lines. We do not have a guest on for today. So if you want to call in 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop on the G.I. Jake show this morning. And one of the things that I posed on Twitter or X yesterday, should the Titans sell the franchise? Should Amy Adams Strunk sell the franchise? Marcus, you're going to be more inept to talk about this than a lot of us because, quite frankly, I'm all of all. And the Titans are kind of secondary and really tertiary in my list of teams that I really care about. But when you look at the Titans organization right now, Marcus, Brett, they're in complete rebuild at this point. You're going to have to get a new quarterback. You're going to have to get a new running back. Spears is going to be there, but you got to have somebody else as well because he's not an ever-down back. Will Levis, nobody trusts him. There's a handful of people that do that want to carry water for that organization just because, but he's not the guy. Do we have word on DeAndre Hopkins yet? Because I have not seen anything, but my friend is convinced they're going to move off of him as well. Uh, I'm going to pull up his contract right now um, just so we know if he is even – Listed for next year because I think he might actually have longer than a one year deal. One year deal. Yeah, I thought it was two, but maybe. Um, so there's a few things. Yeah, he signed a two year deal, so we still have him under contract for at least one more year. Um, hmm. Here's what I'm gonna say. It is gonna come down to who they hire as their next uh, head coach. I think the main thing that I am frustrated by through the press conference that Rand Carthon had 
the statement slash very PR weirdly edited video with Amy Adams Strunk mm-hmm. that felt like she was just repeating what she wrote in her statement is that either two things, which is concerning. Okay. A, they don't really know what the plan is and why they're doing what they're doing because they keep saying that we are looking for someone who is more aligned in what we're in, like talking about that cohesion. They keep saying that's what they're looking for. Yet, for some reason, Rand Carthon could also go in his press conference and say, we worked together great. Everything was great. Like People think that we didn't have a good relationship, but we did. So what is he not aligned with? What is Mike Vrabel not aligned with that you felt like you had to move from? Now, me personally, I felt this was the right time to make this decision um, because since the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs, Mm -hmm. he has not won a playoff game since that loss. The next year, they lose in the divisional round to the, uh, or maybe it was the wild card round versus the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Then you lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, and then you miss the playoffs last year, and then this year you miss the playoffs by a wide margin. He has progressively gotten worse. He's made questionable calls on the field. His defense will always keep you in it. But it feels like he was hiring his buddies on offense more than he was looking for the best available offensive coordinator since Arthur Smith had left. I feel like this organization is dysfunctional because either you're not telling us why you fired him or you don't know why you fired him, which both are concerning. If you're not willing to give us a straight answer, then this tells me that maybe you just don't know why you're doing it. Maybe you felt – maybe – this doesn't think it's a Rand thing. I think this is an Amy thing. I think she fired him. So if she fired him, why? Did he rub you the wrong way when he went to New England for the Ring of uh, the Hall of Fame thing that they were doing for him? The Ring of Honor? Um, is his press conferences bothering you? How he doesn't seem to be very connected to the media? Does that bother you? Did he do something that we don't know about that bothers you? So. There's a lot of things that I don't think, and they're not telling us. They're not telling us the vision. They say, we'll tell you what our vision is when we hire the coach, which is ridiculous. Like, there's a lot of questions. And so whether she should sell the team or not, I think it comes down to, I think she's done better with the community stuff, involving more people, bringing back former players, things like that. But the on the field stuff, I'm starting to question some of her decision making. Right. And... If she hires somebody that is clearly a step down from Vrabel, because Vrabel is, he's going to be a hot commodity. Rightfully so. He's, he is. He's probably going to, like you said yesterday, he's probably going to end up in New England. Now, why they didn't facilitate a trade, I don't know. I have an answer for you. What's your answer? So, part of the issue with that is teams cannot talk in person to NFL candidates until after the divisional round of the playoffs that finish on January 21st and have to meet, obviously, with the Rooney Rule, which means they have to meet with two external minority candidates to comply with that. If they were to make a trade, you have a couple factors. One, because it's not players, Mike Vrabel has to play ball. He has to agree to the trade. 
So it, think of it like a no trade movement clause. Okay. He has to agree to a trade. So if he agrees to the trade, you have to question whether he's going to say, why would I let you trade away X, Y, and Z to make my job harder when I go over there? Maybe he doesn't feel like that's the right thing. Or maybe it's not New England. He, we wanted to trade him elsewhere. And he's going to say, well, I don't want to go there. So he could easily you know, put up the wall and say, no, nah, this isn't going to happen. I'm just going to let you guys fire me and I'll do how I want to do it. Now, I don't know if that's what happened, but that's a possibility. And two, if you try to get that trade done, you might already be behind the ball by the time you make that trade happen when you have to comply with the Rooney rule and you might lose out on some candidates by the time the divisional round and everything happens. So there's a lot more processes than it than it comes down to than just let's make a trade and go. There's a reason why it doesn't happen very often. Last time it happened was Sean Payton, but with Sean Payton, right. he was a free agent. He wasn't really the head coach. The New Orleans Saints had their coach already lined up. Yeah, They didn't have to worry about all that extra stuff. So it doesn't happen very often for a reason. It's hard. There's a lot of rules to comply to, so... Yes, I would have loved to have gotten something out of it, but I think there was a lot more to it than just a simple, hey, we're shipping you off to New England, have fun. Um, it's going to be interesting. I would have loved compensation, at least a, a seventh-round pick. I'd take that. But uh, I think there was a lot more complex situations to it than than it meets the eye. So here's my take on this. You know, Like you mentioned, Marcus, Amy Adams-Strunk, she does a great job with promotion. Yeah. She loves to put on a show, whether that be, you know, pregame, halftime, postgame, you know, preseason, whatever it may be. I mean, for goodness sakes, they had how many thousands of people lined up on Broadway for a uniform reveal? Yeah. I mean, that was – I mean, that's something that we've never seen. Yep. I mean, let's call that like it is. Nobody's ever seen anything like that. However, when the on-the-field product is not something worth showing, you have to look inward for a second. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a roster – build around that agreed and you fire Mike Vrabel even though you did not give him the necessary tools to be able to go out and compete you had a few pieces there yes but you didn't have any supporting cast around him in a sense you know everyone was piping up you know Traylon Burks like he was the steal of the draft that year you remember this yeah he was the best pick in the draft his it, comparisons were AJ Brown in which you traded about. away you trade away A.J. Brown to have someone who is just like A.J. Or, su or supposed to supposed be. Supposed to be just yeah, like A.J. Yeah, Brown. Yeah. He's nowhere near. No. Nowhere near that. Absolutely not. But, I mean, it, it all boils down to this. If you're going to hire and fire coaches, you better have a reason to fire them. If there's no talent there, guess what? They're not going to win. You could have Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, guys like that. But if you have – you know, give me some very mid players. If you have like 15 JaVale McGee's on a roster, <laughs> they're still not going to be able to win a championship. Why? Because they got 15 JaVale McGee's. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what's – that's, I think, why a lot of people want answers to why they I mean, didn't they decision. roll Jeff Fisher out there with Billy Volek one year? <laughs> Probably. I mean, seriously. That sounds, that sounds right. Because it was after McNair, because he was the backup to McNair yeah. at one point. And then I don't think they went and got anybody after they – moved on from McNair and they're like you're gonna be our starter uh how do I know this because there were Billy Volek jerseys all over the place Vince Young wasn't too far off Vince Young might have been the one after Billy yeah because I think they were like okay well this is gonna be our bridge quarterback to him because we did have a bad year 
yeah, a really bad year. Really bad year. Yeah, it's um, I think that's why so many people want answers because look again, this is not saying he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a bad coach, but there are clearly reasons for his firing, and we're not getting the answer. Brett, you're awful quiet over there after your. I mean, uh, I just think it was the wrong decision. I, I do too. I mean, I don't think they can do but have a better uh, coach. He's a player's coach. You yeah. saw that in the last game. They yeah. could have easily thrown in the towel they long ago. Yeah, but they were going to make sure, out. like Tannehill, for example, he was going to make sure that D-Hop got his bonus. He yeah. was going to make sure that. And they were going to make sure that Derrick Henry got the I mean, right five and They're 5-11 and 11 or 5-10, yeah. and 10, whatever they were going yeah, to the but, last game. Like I said, like they're consi- they've been consistently getting worse since the yeah. championship game. Now, do again, I don't think all fingers point to Mike Vrabel. There's a lot of problems. He has just been the fall guy. But unless – like. It's not fun being the fall guy. It'd be one. It'd be one thing if they came to him and say, "Hey, your offense, like you need to. We need you to fire your offensive coordinator. We need you to hire someone that's not your buddy, somebody who's actually knows what he's doing, and then we'll we'll keep you for another year." But I, I don't think they did that. I think they just made the decision. I mean, you just look at their best player comes out and says he was shocked by the move. Everyone was shocked. He said this is the man we wanted almost this mm-hmm. is the leader of men you know yep. like they yep. i mean the steelers could have gotten rid of tomlin numerous times they stuck with him he's a player's coach they love him you know like you gotta we well, also have I, to think their ownership is different who, who are you going to come in there with all these young guys and i just don't understand what you're going to do i don't goodness i like i will quickly say before we get to the phones i, I do like that uh geraldo said on twitter we hire Kirby Smart. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. We make Georgia bad again, and then we hope Kirby can make it in the NFL. That's a terrible, terrible idea. That that no, no, don't do that. You don't want to make Georgia bad again. Georgia's not going to be bad again. It, it'd take if a Kirby disaster. leaves. That is their disaster. I mean, you got to think they were a stable program before he got there. Mark Rick ran a good program, and Kirby just took it to the mountaintop. One in stripes has chimed in. He said, "Javale McGee led the Lakers to the title in the COVID year." They don't win without him. Yeah, LeBron who? <laughs> yeah, that was a bad example on you, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> it was him and Dwight. Yeah, Dwight Howard. Let's go back. Let's go to early JaVale McGee. Let's compare it to Oh, that I mean, name. he's terrible. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I mean, you get on inside. He was the- on Shaq in the full warning, buddy. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> get on there. JaVale McGee. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show marches on. More of your phone calls on the other side. Stay with us. Back here on the G.I. Jake Show on Fan Run Radio. Guys, are you looking to elevate your team's appearance? Look how look how some of these teams look in the NFL, NBA, and college. Some of their uniforms just look awful. You know where you're not going to look awful? That's SM Athletics. Top-notch quality products, complete customization, top-notch customer service, and always competitive pricing. Send an email to jake at smathletics.com for more info. Let's go back to the phones. Joshy boy is up. What do you say, Joshy? What's up, guys? Hey. Good morning. Hey. Jake, uh, how do you guys feel about the game tonight against Mississippi State? Well, we opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and we're now a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The BPI has given us a 60.6% chance to win as opposed to Mississippi State's 39.4. So, if you just keep playing the way you're playing, 
you should should take care of business, especially if you play like you did on Saturday night. Now, Josh, I don't know how much you pay attention to Ken Palm, but I think that the only loss they have us having the rest of the year is Alabama. I'm pretty sure that is the only loss that they are projecting for Tennessee the rest of the year. That's likely not going to happen, but it would be pretty cool if it did. So they have us winning at Kentucky this year, right? Yes. Like by one or something. Mm -hmm. It's not much. (laughs) Yeah. I'm probably going to be end up being on Tennessee, Jake, one and a half, I think. Mississippi State lost to South Carolina Saturday, and I think Falls are the better team. I think they win something by five points or so tonight. So you're saying hammer the Tennessee minus one and a half? Yes. Gotcha. The only thing that concerns yep. me is they do have a good big, and we've seen bigs. I mean, granted, they're the best bigs in the country, yeah, I mean, but we against... have seen us get in foul trouble and things like that. I mean, we played against three of the best. Oh, yeah, four, yeah, three yeah. of the best, yeah. And Tolu Smith's first-team all-conference. Yeah. I mean, so, I he's mean, not no slouch. Not to mention, I mean, when you go against guys like Armando Baycott, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, no. they're going to do some damage. I mean, they're no. three of the best bigs in college basketball. I agree. So, uh, you guys were talking about the Titans and how big of a mistake it was firing Vrabel. Marcus, what do you think? Who do you think uh, the candidate should be for uh, the Titans job? Uh, I would like to just put myself in the corner of not thinking it was a. I'm disagreeing with those two. I think it was the right thing to do. I just want to clarify that. Um, they're gonna. I think they need to look offense. Obviously, the teams that you see in the playoffs right now are teams who have a steady and dynamic offense. Tennessee did not have that. They were very one-dimensional. They were not very explosive. So you need somebody who's got some some sort of offensive uh, mind mind games that he can play, especially when you go up against these young quarterbacks we have in our division. I like – I can never remember anyone's names, so my apologies. The offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, I believe Ben Johnson is his ben name? Ben Johnson, yeah. yeah. I like him. He's a guy I would look at. The Texans offensive coordinator, uh, Slonick, I think it's Slowick. Slowick. Bobby Slowick. Yeah, yeah, I like him if you can convince him to leave. What about Jim Bob Cooter? <laughs> no. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm shutting that down. Now. Why? I'm not letting it happen. Don't Bring do him home. He's from that area. Bring him home. The other thing I would look at, if you want to go a little outside the box, I don't know if you want to reach to the college level because if you're firing Mike Vrabel because he's a bit of a bully, if you will, if that's the reason, which they still haven't given us a reason, I don't see you going for Jim Harbaugh then because he's he's cut from the same type of cloth. I don't know, man. Like He might be good for Levis. He's good with the quarterbacks. Do we want him, though, for Levis? Uh... Well, you just don't want Levis, but... I mean, I don't like Levis either. <laughs> I don't know. I, you definitely got to go offensive. Uh, How quick are you looking to make a move, though, too? I mean, that's the right. other thing. I mean, obviously you got drafts and things like that. Well, you, but... you, you got to wait. Obviously, there is that timeline you got to wait for. Yeah, um, that's true. The enemy wouldn't be a bad one either if you could steal him away from Washington, but it wouldn't shock me if they hired him to be their new head coach after Ron Rivera got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other names. I'm, I'm... Uh, I mean, Lincoln Riley's on this list. Jim uh, Harbaugh. Mike McDonald, uh, Ravens defensive coordinator's on here. 
Um, just some couple other names that Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I did see Lane on Twitter yesterday. Nice hey, one, he, that would actually like I would be full blown. That'd be amazing. Two tone blue. I would be all in if that happened. I'm not even gonna fake it. Jake, do you think there's any chance uh, the Falcons try to convince Kirby to come to the Falcons? No. No. Done her task. <laughs> yeah. No. But, uh, oh, go ahead. What are you going to say? No, no, go ahead, Jesse boy. Sorry. Uh, I really think there's a really good chance that Tennessee is going to get the herd kid from LSU, and Tennessee needs someone to protect Nico's blind side. This would be a really huge get if they can land him. Yeah, someone told me a nug this morning. They're feeling really strong about him. Yeah, we got the guy from Mississippi State visiting as well. Mm-hmm. Another offensive lineman this weekend, Percy Lewis, I think is his name. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's key. You're going to have to beef up that offensive line. Yeah, that absolutely. Is, that is oh, absolutely no. key. That's, yeah, yeah. Because I know Iowa's defense Your is focus good. should be defensive backs and offensive right. line right now. Well, I mean, and I know that Iowa's defense is good, but there's no reason to why Nico should have been sacked seven times. Well, the way that he, he ran can, into a couple of them, but yeah, he did. He, but I mean, the thing yeah. is, he's able to elude. He can he can get out of the pocket if he needs to. I mean, but yeah, no, yeah. Still no excuse for seven sacks. <laughs> Jake, uh, you think there's a decent chance your Miami Heat can make the finals this year again? Yes. (laughs) As I'm wearing the Vice City Jimmy Butler jersey today. Yeah, they got a loaded team this year. I mean, they've got probably the steal of the draft in Jaime Hawkins. Not as loaded as Boston. Just going to say that. Okay. Okay, Marcus. We'll wait till we meet in the playoffs. We'll make some deals then. Make some make some bets on each other. Well, I, the only reason it went to a game seven last year is because Derek White got a lucky tip in. Because uh, that's the only uh, way. I'd say that's called talent. I'd say that's called luck. But uh, out the door, Jake. If any year Tennessee can make the Final Four, this is the best year to do it, in my opinion, because their offense is uh, really good this year, and defense has always been good. As it has. I mean, that's kind of the thing I think Joshy Boy just dropped. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when we talk about Tennessee basketball, we've said this repeatedly on this show. On uh, I mean, and we've only been doing this show for three days. I mean, this goes back to, you know, when I was hosting overtime, Marcus, when you were on Talk Sports, Brett, Brett, when you were on three and out, that this is probably the best chance that we have to make a Final Four. When you look at the roster that's been assembled, when you look at the way they play, the talent that's on this team, you got to make it this year. At least get me to an Elite Eight. Your final four, good, but at least get me to an elite eight. Well, you also have to put in the fact that you know when when it feels like the refs are calling it fairly and Edie gets into some trouble, they're beatable, and we saw that that they went down against uh, Nebraska. You had yeah, number one and number two go Houston down. Houston went to yep. ISU. Yes. So, it is it is possible. We, we, they are there is no one who is above us. The top four guys. None of them are leagues above us. So I I think you give us a rematch against Purdue, they call it fairly. I don't see why this Tennessee team couldn't beat them. So yeah, I think this is the best team we you know, and, and we look back at the teams we've had in the past that had shots that really could have done it. Yeah. This one feels like if Dalton Connect gets back on track and plays the way mm-hmm. he's been playing, you got Ganey who can hit a three like when you need it most, 
Zakai Ziegler's been playing like himself again, which is great to see. Adu has been fantastic. And when Triple J well, He's playing the best ball of his career right now. Absolutely. And Triple J, when he when he's on the court and he's playing his style of game, like this this there's no reason why this team can't get it done. Well, and I feel like, you know, Triple J, for example, one of the things that frustrated us, you know, all throughout his career here is the fact that he was so inconsistent, never live up to that five star hype, technically a four star because after the McDonald's All American game, yeah. they uh they dropped him down to a four-star because he played so bad in that game. It's like, yeah, this guy's not a five-star. So, you know, seeing him be consistent this year and actually playing well, I mean, he's he very well might be Tennessee's JaVale McGee. I mean, call that like it is. He's finally found it. He's finally found it. Well, and I, and I guess the other – the major question everybody has, what is Rick Barnes going to continue this throughout the season, the way he's coached this year? He's been a different coach. Yes. Is he going to do the same thing? We've always said he's regular season Rick. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do March? Is he going to continuously play that up-tempo, or is he going to try and slow the pace down again? I mean, I or think, are we going to get out and run? Because, I mean, the easy baskets are nice. The easy baskets are nice. I mean, you have to think that he's you know made those changes because he's, I don't know, maybe he's not insane because last year, you know, the definition of insanity is doing things over and over and over and expecting a different result, but you're getting the same result every time. That's the, that's the definition of insanity. We're not doing things the same way that we've been doing them in the past. You know, since that Grant and Admiral left, we've been playing the same type of ball no matter who we rolled out there, and it just was not working. Especially last year. Last year was probably the most frustrating, I would say, just because you had Uros, you had Kumwa out there, not, I mean, not really giving us anything. Yeah, Uros had 19 points against Kentucky. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, that's the thing with Kumwa. He would go for 24 one night and then go for two the next 10. Uros had 19 points against Kentucky, but how many rebounds do you have? Yeah. He only had three. And Triple J's healthy. I don't think he was healthy yeah. ever last year, too. And I like him better at the four than absolutely. at the three like he was last year. Yeah. you know, I mean, He's so. playing better ball right now. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think that's something that needs to be taken into account. I think that Tennessee can make that deep run. I think we will probably finish, I'd say, what y'all think? Six losses on the year? Fair number? Five or six? That feels fair. Yeah. I'll also want that put, one or two seed, that's for sure. Yeah. I'll put this out there for you, too. Okay. He probably enjoys going fast because, as we learned, he likes NASCAR. And when you're driving NASCAR, <laughs> you like to go fast. You put the pedal to the metal and you turn left. That's all you need to do. That is all you need to do. And I'd say, you know, jump back to last year because it kind of feels like we, at times, you see that same type of ball that we saw in the second half of the Missouri game last year. Even though we lost that game, that was the most fun I'd had watching this team all year because we were playing fast, playing small. You know, get the ball down, get the ball up. You know, go to the basket or kick it out for a three. We were scoring. It was fun to watch. I hated how the game ended because that was our second straight buzzer beater loss in a row, which I don't know if you guys know anything about the analytics of that. Yeah, That is slim to none. Yeah, Like the odds of that happening are slim to none. And I think we were one of the worst in the Ken Palm luck category yeah, last he, year. And he's starting the rotations are starting to iron themselves out. Everybody's finding their role. Yes. You know, now it might change. Guys getting foul trouble, obviously. Guy rolls an ankle, whatever. Yes. But like Meshack knows his role, six man, you know, Tobe, seventh man, six man, whatever it is. So I mean, that's the other key right now. You right. know. So Well, you mentioned Zakai Ziegler. I mean, when he goes, this team goes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how it is. You know, everyone wants to put emphasis on Dalton Connect, you know, I heard Bob mention yesterday people were comparing him to a modern-day Larry Bird, and that that's not a good comparison at all. They play nothing alike. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird wasn't really that athletic. No. 
Larry Bird didn't drive to the rack and split defenders midair and jam it home. What do you think the comparison is? Uh, probably a Jason Richardson or a Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I mean, think about it. All right, They're okay. better driving to the basket, or he's better driving to the basket than he is you know, behind, behind the arc. Now, if he needs to pull it up from behind the arc, he will. Hmm. He's not as good from three-point as he is driving the ball to the rack, getting that layup. I don't know if he's necessarily a midi magician, but the guy knows how to score. We just need to get him back in that mindset. Whatever mindset he was in, that's when he needs to be back in. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we all, and we're easy to forget that Zakai wasn't on the team last year. I mean, maybe you do go far farther in March with him. I mean, he probably had a field day against FAU playing that up-tempo against them. He very well might have. I, I mean, mean, and it keeps somebody else off the floor that yeah. was out there. It shouldn't have been, yeah. you know, and not going to have Euros doing his antics out there, Draymond style, just elbowing people. Yeah, that was that was one thing. When you look back, have you ever been in a situation to where, whether it be work or whether you're playing on a basketball team or a football team, yeah, and a guy wants to come back, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, remember this? Remember this? Yeah, yeah. bring him back. And then he does something that he'd always did, mm-hmm. whether it's being late, just doing something stupid. It's like, oh yeah, that's why we're happy to see him go. <laughs> that's how I feel. A lot of people are about Uros and Kumwa right now. Because people are going to remember the 19 points that Uro scored against Kentucky. They're yeah. going to remember the game that uh, Olivier Kamwa had against Texas and the game that he had against Duke. But they're also going to forget that between those two games, he was averaging like four to five points. And people were upset to kind of have Triple J back at one point earlier this year. Like when there was a thought he would be coming back and you had Ledlam still on the yes. fold. Like we were tired of Triple J. Like we've seen him for four years. Let's try something new, something fresh. I mean, he's really and now he's really himself. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't think I don't know if he's a pro. I don't. I mean, maybe he's a second day pick, but I don't know. I and mean, we thought he was going to be one and done when he came here. Yeah, that, obviously that wasn't the case. But no, he's uh, and he's a key piece. I mean, he's been our most consistent player. I know Zakai's come on, but from day one, he, I feel like he's been the most consistent. He has been the most consistent. I mean. And like I said earlier, that's the one thing that we've been striving for, or you know, wanting him to do: strive for that consistency. Yeah. And he's finally done that, and he's playing very well because of it. And yeah, you know, when you look at the other guys on this team, and you look at all the pieces around him, especially the freshmen, mm-hmm. you know, JP Estrella, Cade Phillips. I know they didn't get to play much the other night, and he stuck to that eight-man rotation like he did against Illinois. So maybe that's the key. Maybe stick to this eight-man rotation. If it works, keep doing it. If it stops working. Then you get some of those guys in. Then you get your J.P. Estrellas, your Cade Phillips, you know, yeah. Freddie DeLeon. You get those guys into the game. Now, Phil's going to bring up a concern when he calls in. I think he will at least. <laughs> and I think, you know, he's right. You got to get that backup point guard situation figured out because what do you do if you have another doomsday scenario like you did last year? Mm-hmm. Because the rotation that we had after we lost to Kai last year, you could tell it was just – not the same, and the guys didn't flow as freely as what they did when he was on the floor. No, yeah, I mean he's he's a, he's a pest on the defensive end, and he's, I mean he's 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 a bucket honestly for his size. He can yeah. go get a bucket whether it's outside or get to the paint, create for other guys. I mean he's he's a huge key. I mean, and like you said, we're doing this without our first round draft pick right now. Connect, yeah. you know, he's been on the sideline. He only played eighteen minutes the other night, so I mean it's crazy you know, how deep we are, so, you know. And you're eventually going to need connect. I mean, we saw that what he can do against Carolina, mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the country, so on yeah. the road. So he'll figure it out, and, man, it's just 
Sky's the limit, hopefully, right now. Absolutely. Still the team's leading scorer. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. Back here on the G.I. Jake Show. It is Fan Run Radio, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM online at fanrunradio.com and your free Fan Run Radio app. Back to the phones. Phil is up next. What do you say, Philly? What do you say, Jake? Philly! How you boys doing? Good. So we're a one and a half point favorite. Yes. Hmm. Well. How's that make you feel? Ah, I mean, it probably will be a close game. I think it was a close game last year, wasn't it? It's probably going to be close just because, you know, I think they're pretty good on the on their home court. We've been a bit shaky on the road. Well, if Tennessee can beat Wisconsin on the road, they can beat Mississippi State. I mean, they beat them down there last year, I think, didn't they? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And you got to think, Wisconsin's a much tougher environment than the hump. Yeah, I wonder how big of a crowd will be down at the hump tonight since I only think their students are in session yet. That's a good question. Fill that place up with some orange. Ain't nobody want to go to Starkville, <laughs> Mississippi. I'm just Have I'm you not. ever been to Starkville, Mississippi? No, of course not. You know what's not. there? Nothing. A gas station that serves barbecue. That's it. That sounds pretty nice. Well, you been down there, Jake? My buddy has. I'm going huh. going by going by the experience of an old miss student. Well, Ziggler uh, had a good game against him uh, last year. I think with Scobie, uh, I might have these games wrong. It might have been the year four last year. Scobie hit a big three to turn the whole game around at Mississippi State. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Basketball games are a little bit harder to remember just because there's so many of them. That's what, yeah. that's what I love about football. You can almost pinpoint exactly what happened just by bringing something up. and You'll be like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, this could be Rick Barnes' best team. I still don't think he's as good as the uh, two Grand Admiral teams. That, uh, I mean, all honesty, I still think Kyle Alexander's better than uh, Adu. And uh, although Adu's starting to get, if, if he can continue like and play like after the rest of the year, then uh, I could make that statement. And you still got Grant Williams and uh, Admiral Schofield, who were great in the clutch. That they were. Monte Turner coming off the bench. We don't really have a Lamonte Turner coming off the bench. Not really. A lot of people want to say it's uh, Jordan Ganey, but. He's horrible. <laughs> Marcus, you're a big uh, Jordan Ganey fan, ain't you? Uh, he can hit a good three once in a while. Uh, the best Phil? thing he did was cut his minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I, mean I, I, I think Meshek could be the. Meshek's just not the scorer Lamonte has. He has all the heart and toughness and everything Lamonte had. He just doesn't have the. The offensive game. Like, no, he can't stroke it like he like Well, I mean, he hit two big threes right before then the half that kind of separated us, kind of got us he off and running for the second half. Uh, he did, the other but would night. you rely on him when there's 30 seconds left on the clock? Would you rely on him oh, no, no, to make no. that clutch three? No, he's probably not on the floor offensively. No. But. That's why you got to get connect back in the the fold because when you got to have a back, you got to have him hit, shooting the shot. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, we beat him by 11 down there last year. Uh Ziegler had 24. Julian Phillips had 18. 
They're your two leading scorers in last year's game. Add Julian Phillips to the list of guys that it does not seem. 18 and 11. Uh, Last year would have been at home if we're playing them on the road. Because last year was the first year where they were were away. Yeah, we were away last year. Were we? Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at the schedule. Hold on. But, I mean, add Julian Phillips to the list in there with Keon Johnson and James You forget about him, right? You do. You forget (laughs) about him. It's almost like he didn't play One of the most disappointing players we've we've had. I mean, think about it. For the hype. One and done that we've had. Kennedy Chandler is the only one that still gets mentioned above all else. Tobias? That, it's like we didn't even get to know him. Well, unless we you're Colin tru- Barnes. Yeah, I mean, we were in trouble that year, too. Yeah. So, anyway. a lot of people had checked out by the time we lost to, I think it was College of Charleston and Oakland. Yeah. I see what I did. I saw one of these beat riders uh, was talking about, he went to Tennessee's practice uh, a day or two ago and said it, talking, raving about uh, DJ Jefferson. And, you know, I guess he's scratching his head while he ain't playing at all. I guess that's how good they are. I don't understand it either, but I guarantee you that next year, him and uh, DeLon, I mean, uh, DeLone will not be here. You think so? Well, I mean, not playing. You got to go somewhere and play. I mean, that's... I mean, where are that's they going to the put? Where are they going to play him though? That's the I, that's the other problem. I well, mean, that, it's yeah, a that, good problem to have. It's a but, great problem to have, but at the same time, you know, before the season, people were talking like Freddie might actually be a one and done, and there were, you know, all signs that pointed that with his athletic ability. But we've not seen him on the floor hardly any at all this year. And I mean, you saw it in spurts. I mean, when I was over there watching us play Georgia Southern, he's got the athletic ability. I don't know why he's not on the floor. Well, because he had that uh, setback with uh, the arch injury or whatever it was. In the yeah, foot. the foot. Yeah, plantar fasciitis. And he. But people were raving saying he was better than Ziegler before the season started. Well, you thought he'd be our starter because you didn't expect Ziegler to be back till probably around now, honestly. And so, I mean, and he's had a little bit of a setback. So, I mean, just no room for all these guys, I mean, right now. So, you think we got too much talent? I mean, maybe. (laughs) Well, it's better to have too much talent than not enough talent. Uh, That's true. Look at the the Oilers, Bill. Look at Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky's gonna be tough, man. They're they're super they're athletic, man. Everywhere, and Auburn's All... gonna be tough. No, Pearl's got them playing well down there too. They... Was it Texas A and M? They just boy. beat. What was he trying to say? That Kirby, Kirby, Falcons, be interested in Kirby? That's about the stupidest thing I've heard all morning. <laughs> I mean, there's a better chance of Alabama getting Kirby than him going to Falcons. You're right. We should. I think it's wishful thinking, Phil. I. I by a lot of people. <laughs> That's the equivalent of Tennessee fans thinking that we were actually going to get John Gruden. Hmm. Well, there's one thing that's a constant, though, with older set. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Marcus? He hit yeah. you with a one-liner on the way out. He I didn't know. even hit you with a see-ya. I know. Listen, I'm I'm just trying to figure out how I can get down to – Georgia to try to convince Kirby to take the Titans job so we can make Georgia bad again. Marcus, here's how this I'm willing. Play. I'm willing to lose no. a couple of years of the Titans winning if it means we can make Georgia like lose a few steps and fall behind. You're talking about a team that has not been down-down since Mark Rick took over. Yeah, but they're, you, like you said, Kirby brought them to the mountaintop. Yeah. You take him still away. There. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think so. You I don't think, think they're still at the top? 
I think you. I take, don't care I, if Michigan's one. I think night. if you take him away, though, they oh. won't be at the top. Yeah, they are now. I, I mean, I don't know. I think the the final ranking. I think they had him at three, mm. but you take him away, they're gonna start tumbling. Now I don't think they're gonna go far, but a lot of those players are gonna gonna go hitch another ride somewhere else. Yeah, but you gotta think that is one of the biggest hotbeds for talent in the country. That and Florida. I don't Listen. know how Florida has not figured it out by now. Because you can take a sand wedge and hit a five-star if you just stand outside your office and hit the damn ball. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Georgia, same way. You can pretty much uh, – you probably have well, to Well, they use, had them all lined up, and they've all left. Well, yeah, because they don't have their NIL in order. Yeah. They basically – Just for were, the one guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's Flag the thing. Way. Think about this. When you look at Florida's NIL, a lot of players are saying the checks have bounced. Now, what they're saying is not – necessarily that they got a paper check they went to cash it or put it in their account and the check bounced no they're just saying they were promised a bunch of nil money and they're not getting it well is anybody because remember evan stewart at a&m said he didn't see a single cent well that's another thing you got to figure out which nil programs are actually paying these players and which ones are not and i mean even jack luttrell here at tennessee had a instagram post or a snapchat i can't remember which one but it was saying something along the lines of if it's called a collective, why are not all the players benefiting from it? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Sorry, I mean, our four-string DB is not getting paid. I mean, <laughs> did he deserve to? I don't know. <laughs> did he deserve to? No. I mean, maybe like okay, well, here's a few hundred bucks for groceries. Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you give to a fourth-string DB. Yeah. But I mean, we I say that, but we paid Nico probably close to one point five this year. Yeah, to not play. Get a, hopefully get a nice return from that. Yeah, I mean, you very well might. But when you look at the way NIL is shaping up and how some of these schools are promising all this stuff, I mean, let's call this like it is. Texas A&M a few years ago, they bought that entire class. I don't care Absolutely. what anybody down there says. That was before all of it, right? Before you pay everybody? Or oh. that, yeah. Oh, that was the uh, Walter Nolan class. Yeah, Walter Nolan. Yeah, that's right. That's when we made the offer to him here. Yeah, and then they countered and gave him like a half million more right. to go down there. Mm-hmm. Now with NIL the way it is, you are better off coming to a Tennessee, Florida, Miami, Florida State, those Texas schools. Mm-hmm. Reason being is there's no state income tax. Right. Because if you take an NIL deal in say Georgia, Kentucky, North Carolina, Ohio, Michigan. You're going to have tax, and in some cases, you might even have a city tax mm-hmm. that gets added onto that. I know there's some places in Ohio, they actually have a city tax as well that comes out of your paycheck. Yeah. That's Who would crazy. want to do that? Who would want to do that? Nobody. Yeah. So, when you look at you know, what Tennessee's doing, I think we are doing the right thing with our NIL program. I think that's why it's ranked as one of the best NIL programs in the country. Florida still hasn't got theirs figured out. They might get it figured out. I don't know. Texas A&M thought they had it figured out, and they signed the number one player at each position from whatever state. Like I, I don't even know what they get like thirty recruits that year. Right. Yeah, something like that. And at least half of them are gone. At least half of them. I don't know exactly how many, but I know at least half of that recruiting class is gone. Now, granted, some of them got in some trouble when they got down there, you know, speeding through a parking garage doing whatever they were doing, but. At the end of the day, I still think Tennessee probably has one of the better NIL programs, NIL collectives 
in the country. We think, right? We think we do. I mean, we're not getting these guys. We go after them. But are we just not going the extra cent, I guess, per se? I don't know. That could be it. Extra dollar? I mean. It could also be a deal where we're just not allocating that money the right way. Yeah. Because it's the way it is, and no matter whether it's NIL, whether it's a standard business, if you don't allocate the funds in the right way, you're going to lose out at the end of the day. Look at Texas A&M. There's no telling how much money they spent on that recruiting class. And they went, what, five and seven and then seven and five? Yeah. If you're spending that much money on a class, if you're getting that much talent in, you should at least be going to Atlanta. At least. At the bare minimum, you should be going to Atlanta. And you look at their other recruiting classes before that, and they're not bad classes. Mm-hmm. Jimbo was recruiting well. Or somebody was. Whether it was him or the Boosters or whatever bag man they had before NIL became a thing, right. they were doing very well. Yeah. And that's what worries me about Tennessee right now is when you look at where we are in team rankings – you know, you're middle of the pack in the SEC. And that's where you're really going to be judged because you can sit there and say, well, we got a top 25 class. That means we're going to be a top 25 team. I'm like, no, that's not how that works at all. Look at where you rank up in your conference. Because if you're recruiting and you're number 10 in the country, number nine in the country, but there's five SEC teams ahead of you, guess where you're going to finish in conference? You're going to finish middle of the pack. And if you're middle to the back half of the pack in that in that aspect, that's where you're going to finish in conference play. That's like a Vanderbilt where they had the well, 25th best ranked class at, right now. Yeah, I think you look, can look at team composite. Michigan was just barely ahead of us yeah. on the team composite. Right. And you look at J.J. McCarthy, he's not anything special. No. And they just won a national championship. Right. Run Running the ball, we're pretty good at that. You know, like, you know, I think Nico's going to be great. He very you well know, could like, be. I think every, everybody thinks he's going to be, and I know everybody wants him to be. But when you look at a case like Michigan, for example, look at the rest of the Big Ten. They have two hard games they have to play each season. Well, not, well, not, not anymore. anymore. Yeah, now they got <laughs> I think anymore. they got Washington. They open with Texas. I mean, they've got a tough schedule next year. They're going to have a tough schedule next year. Yeah. But, I mean, up to this point, though, I guess, you know, it's probably good they won a championship when they did because they're probably not going to get another chance for a minute to get another one. But when you look at everything that had happened before this point, the two toughest games they were going to have to play every year were Penn State and Ohio State. And they beat Ohio State three years in a row. Right. And yeah. Makes well, mind. and it's just – it's kind of frustrating because we're spending all our money on guys that played at Temple and Tulane and yeah. Middle Tennessee State. You know, these Don't are guys you're talking about bring- my alma mater. Well <laughs> – Watch your mouth. <laughs> I mean, if you're telling me Jacoby Thomas is going to be able to come in and be our safety, starting safety next year, I'm not too excited about that right now. No. No, he's. I doubt he'll be a Thorpe I mean, Award candidate by any stretch, but you know, hopefully he is. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're all wrong. Maybe he will be a Thorpe candidate. Yeah, Who but knows? maybe we're scoring fifty a game and they're giving up forty and we're winning. Who cares? You know, it's the same thing we talk about Barnes and basketball. Yeah, we enjoy winning games ninety to eighty. Yeah, you know, it's a win. However you get it, it's a win. However you get it, it's a win. Guys, if you're tired of looking at that piece of furniture that's wore down, you don't want rid of it, go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric, locally and family-owned and operated with 67 combined years of experience, located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today, 865-237-3272, or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com. Be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the 